Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. I hope you're having a magnificent day. I hope you're, all your ducks are in a row and you're feeling that good feeling of calm, centered and balanced in your heart of hearts. I'm up here today on Ben Buckler. It's a gray overcast day. Uh, the sun is really working its butt off to get through the clouds and the picture in front of me out here off, off the ocean right now is just inconceivably beautiful. Just going to take a picture while I'm talking to you so I can put it up for you on the, as the uh, image for this podcast. It's very easy, very easy to get caught up in everyday life and choose a default for yourself that isn't joyful. Choose a default for yourself that isn't joyful. It's very easy to forget that life is wonderful, that love is at the core of life. If you are not going in your car to work your love, if you are not going to the breakfast you love, if life has become so buttoned down that you don't get time in the day to sit and reflect, it may be that your new default, that the default that you've got used to is not a healthy one. The first thing when I meet somebody who has never been coached before in the science of inspiration or the concepts of self-empowerment, the first thing I have to do is check in with them as to what they call normal. and find out the difference between their default normal, their expectation of what it feels like to be normal for them, and what I think is possible. I know from time to time in my life, I've gone through some stressful periods or some challenging periods and I've kind of like got used to the stress or used to the challenge and I consider waking up happy a, a victory. I, I sometimes consider waking up feeling loving. Uh, I have from time to time felt like that waking up loving is uh, the exception rather than the rule. Sometimes I've gone to work and there've been people that I've worked with, some companies, some people, some environments that I've worked with that I've had to adapt to, to, to do my work. And I've come away from it uh, almost like wearing a different pair of shoes and the shoes don't fit. They're not my shoes, I've, I've put somebody else's shoes on. I've had to do that in order to manage a situation like uh, spine surgery, or going into a First Nation community where there is a lot of aggression towards um, intervention by uh, a, a, a non-traditional uh, participant in a community. 
or I've gone into an organization where laziness is default or groupthink or where a leader of an organization has the rhetoric of saying that they care about everybody but really all they give a shit about is their own REM. They don't care if the training and the development they give people wires people up, hypes them up to the point where it's going to negatively affect their home life. They're, they're in this uh, bubble of self-narcissism where they think if they sell a paradigm, they're selling it for the well-being of humanity when really all they're interested in is productivity. I think we need to be conscious of these things and just be careful that the default we inherit from either our parents or from our childhood or from our corporation or from the culture we've been we we need to take stock sometime and question what is what is truly the human default if i if you to take what is called human nature your true nature your yourself before self your you and disconnect, unchain it from all the things that impact it, like reacting to people, trying to be fit, uh, worried about the mortgage, uh, trying to please your children so they love you, uh, rescuing people from distress, all the things that we chain ourselves to as obligations or responsibilities of being a human. And we, if we unchain ourselves and say, what's it feel like? What's it feel like to be human without chains? Free. What's it feel like to be absolutely 100% free? Now, for many people, the pursuit of wealth and the pursuit of success is for the purpose of becoming free. But in the process of building success and making achievements and paying the mortgage and pleasing the children and looking out on sunrises and doing walker chi and doing their notes in the morning and and studying books and reading things that person is searching for freedom for absolute empowerment but they're chaining themselves to all sorts of obligations and responsibilities and they chain themselves in ultimately to a default way of thinking that they think is normal and sometimes, really sometimes, it's very important in a coaching to question that default. So I'd like today to just spend a few minutes, if I may, talking about what is true nature. True nature of a human being is happy. Carefree. Yep, happy, carefree. Calm, not passive, not tranquil, calm, peaceful. And that true nature of a human being is only discovered when a person becomes absolutely and utterly hopeless, where they give up trying to be someone else other than themselves, when they get 
when they when they don't have an option. One of the ways that we experience this true nature is through uh, isolation retreats. I uh, lived in a house with a mate down at Berry for three years and he bought and we had therefore in our house an isolation tank. Now it's very dangerous to have these in your house because you can go into them and the lid could get locked um, for some strange reason and you could suffocate or drown or something. So we had to be really careful using the damn thing and they're very addictive. Very, very addictive because once you get used to the dark and once your body is floating in the salted water, once you're in there, you have absolute unadulterated freedom and you learn what default means. Default thinking, default. Before we're chained to all the wounds and the expectations and the ramifications and the hopes and dreams and everything that we have, before we chain ourselves to desire, lying in that float tank was the most magnificent experience I've had. Now we did it day after day after day for years. And you kind of like get to know the default. And it's a good thing about that is that that float tank tells you what it looks like to be in human nature. Unfortunately, my friend, my colleague, my flatmate, housemate, out in the bush there at Berry, ended up going quite nuts because things in the outer world didn't allow him to stay in his default in the in the in the float tank true nature the things in the outer world his business his family his relationships all sorts of things made him hyper vigilant hyper sensitive and actually sent him nuts stressed became quite agitated because he just wanted to live in the float tank and that's as poisonous as it comes trying always to compare how we feel to how we want to feel in the float tank so they had a gift the gift was taught us both what default is what freedom feels like what really really it feels like to come back home it had a negative in that he got addicted to it and wanted the world around him to function in that way that allowed him to sustain that level of default. Now, it's far better to think of default thinking as an elastic cord connecting you to ground zero. It's far better to think of it like that and allow you to go out and experience all the, 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 the challenges of life and when you lose the default, at least you know it, but it doesn't make you addicted to get back to it. Because sometimes when you're at work, you're dealing with all sorts of crazies, all sorts of people who are angry that you are empowered or 
disappointed that you are empowered or want you to say what they want to say. And you can get caught up trying to please people and saying what they want to hear. And next thing you know, your default becomes lost. You, you, you unhook yourself from the ground zero and hook yourself onto someone else's ground zero. And next thing you know, you're trying to please somebody in order to feel ground zero. You're trying to please somebody in order to feel better about yourself. And that becomes parasitic. And then it's like pegging yourself to a buoy in the ocean and having the buoy caught in a rip and you trying to relax. And so sometimes we lose mobility in life. Sometimes we get put, we get sat on our ass. Sometimes we have nowhere to run. And it's confronting because truthfully, sitting alone in a room by ourselves should be the greatest joy on earth because we're with the person we know best and love most ourselves. But it actually is a form of torture to put a person in a room by themselves. It's a form of torture. It's called solitary confinement. And people get nuts alone because their default thinking is noise, is the approval of others, is what other people think and say, attachments, because they've chained themselves to a moving target. The absolute quest in life is for empowerment, to empower ourselves to feel comfortable. We don't want to do it sitting on our butt on a beach. At the same token, we don't want to not do it sitting on our butt on a beach. The ability to morph into different environments and enjoy and feel that sense of spirit and that sense of joy inside us needs a, needs a process that allows us to adapt and engage, be resilient in another language and therefore hold the spirit, hold the joy, irrespective of the circumstances. A funeral is a great example of what I'm talking about, although it's quite extreme. A funeral is a place where people go to be sad, but not for me. I go to a funeral with gratitude for the person who's passed. I can't bring them back. I'm not obligated to chain myself to some self-indulgent narcissism of misery because somebody has passed, they're passed. My, my job is to respect the life they had for however long, respect the love that I, they gave to the world and respect the love I have for that person. In other words, uh, unchain myself from the physical manifestation of that person and so I can feel default with them. Yes, I know you're listening to this going, yeah, well, that's, that's all right for Chris. I'm not going to do that. And I understand that. The thing is that you, you can witness how you, how you change 
in different circumstances and therefore witness whether you walk through those circumstances and come out the other side tainted, different. I think every single day of our lives we need a Ben Buckler, we need a clifftop, we need a, a space where we come back to self. I have in my house a, a, an old wooden chair parked in the corner of my office. It just sits there diagonally in the corner with very little around it except a lamp. And I often go during the day and just sit there in this uncomfortable old wooden chair. I have two of them, but this one's my favorite and they're both the same, but I feel better in this one than the other. It has a better feel, energy. And I sit in that chair and I go back over time. I'm not trying to create material for a podcast or recall data for a keynote speech. I'm sitting there revisiting the past and I make sure that I revisit the past every day, some point in the past, whether it's yesterday or yesteryear, with gratitude. I might think of, a, 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 of an ex-partner. I might think of a situation in the Himalayas in one of my 50-odd trips. I might think of New York or go back through the lives of my three children who I hardly hear from or speak to. I'm not separated from these things. I have in my mind the ability to travel anywhere I want. Sometimes I'll open up uh, Instagram and go through all the films on the Instagram just quickly and see if there's something that piques my interest, something that brings out of me a feeling that I that I need to either process or enjoy and celebrate. But in that chair, I, I, I'm returning to default and making sure that I'm clean, not attached, not chained to something. I'm making sure I'm not an energy sucker. I'm an energy giver. When we become needy, of a partner or a family or children. We, we want their approval, we want their gratitude, we want them to say thank you to us. When we have an expectation of them, we are sucking life out of other people that we say we love. And it's not really love, is it? It's energy sucking, it's codependency, it's the lack of self-sufficiency, it's disempowering ourselves, and in doing so, we disempower others. It's really important to question this default place and make sure you know what it feels like to want nothing, need nothing, and therefore have everything. Every day, to need nothing, want nothing, and have everything. To find your happy chair. In my happy chair, I refuse to have any other feeling but default. Any other feeling but ground zero, freedom, detached. I spoke to a person yesterday who, who came to me to seek to be less uh, nervous about things and less uh, dramatic or less anxiety at work. And their default was attachment. 
that they, they'd been taught for their lifetime that if you attach to something, you will be happy. And I was showing them the emotional shower to show that ambivalence. Ambivalence is a far better place than attached. It's not saying that being attached is wrong. Being attached is how we grow up as a child. We attach ourselves to things and people and, uh, and results and exams and performance. We attach, we attach, we attach. But there comes a time where we can't do enough in the world that we want to come to the world to do by being attached to the things we do. We have to learn a new default at some point. This is called a, a crisis of, of identity at some time, an identity crisis. Where we, where we want to help people more, we want to do more in the world, we want to lead more people. But the way, the default that we've been taught from, from early years needs to be re, reframed, readjusted. The laws of nature break through all of the chains that emotions and wounds and history has and the laws of nature are the only things that will give you the freedom to know where that default chair is in your life because they are the rules of the game beyond religion beyond the myths and, and hype of psychology and corporate based training or personal uh, emotional training or therapy or counseling or spirituality beyond all that it's basically saying it runs the universe, it runs you, it's the mind of everything, it is the source of default. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this and you don't know the universal laws of nature, and if you don't understand their application in any situation, to go to the website on innerwealth.com and have a look on the blog and go back and go back. There's free books there even about the universal laws of nature applied to work and life. Badly written, I agree, they're all free. Uh, typos, I agree. Uh, absolutely, it flies in the face of all good professional delivery of material. That's why it's all free. But I don't come to the world to say I'm the literary genius. I come to the world to say there are universal laws and they are the source of of, of, of learning how to be detached and therefore find freedom everywhere and therefore be empowered to give the world the maximum of what you would love to share. Over and over again, I go back to those laws every day, at least 20 times, go back to the laws to explain something that's going on in my life that tempts me to become emotionally up or down. <clears throat> when Pythagoras did a keynote, there were 140 something people, 144 people in the room. So the story is probably not, but there were 100 and something people in the room. By the end of the day, he'd given his address supposedly there was just one person and someone said don't you feel shitty about that 
And he said, no, I was only talking to one person the whole day. It just took a long time for the hanger-oners to leave. That's the sort of thing. That's the sort of thing that empowers you. By detaching from what most people would react to, by detaching from so-called expectations, which are most of the time completely in contradiction to the way the universe works and therefore the way nature works and therefore because you are nature the way you work. You can buy into the news, you can buy into books on how to think and how not to think, but you'll never find it. The answer is always in nature because you are nature. You are nature and nature is you. And so if you want some rules of the game and you want to live your life with empowerment, just go to those universal laws. Just go to the universal laws of nature. Just to close this off, I saw a little thing on, on Instagram today as I hunted through my space exploration. I, I, I always love looking at the universe uh, on Instagram because there's some really great uh, graphics presented there from some of the scientists that come on and explore black holes and, and telescopes and goodness knows what traveling in space. And the question was put, are there really as many stars in the sky as there are grains of sand on the earth? And they did a calculation. And the calculation comes out to be this. And they talked in heptillions and zeptillions and things that I, numbers of zeros that I can't get my head around. But I'm going to summarize it for you. There are 100 times, 100 times more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on the entire earth. And they've been measured. So to close this off, think to yourself next time you lose your default, you lose freedom. Next time you disempower yourself because you want to empower somebody or become a vacuum cleaner of somebody's energy and look for their approval. Next time you do that, just take a trip out into the universe and look back at how ridiculous that notion of life really, really is. This is Chris on Ben Buckler. Have a beautiful day. Bye for